bloodshed, fire of love, a house made of splinters, and Navalny, about the Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny. That does it for our show. A very happy birthday to Charina Nadura. Um, Democracy Now! is produced with Mike Berkernay, Feldstein, and Guzder, Messiah Rhodes, Nermeen Sheikh, Maria Tarasena, Tommy Warrenoff, Sam Alkoff, Charina Nadura, Tamaria Studio, I'm Amy Goodman, with Juan Gonzalez. When I first came to Brookhaven Town, there was no good music to be heard around. Then one day I turned on the dial. There I found music to make me smile. I waited for a legal ID. The DJ said WUSB. They start each day with the rising sun. Don't ever finish till after day is done. So if you want good music to hear, there's a station in Stony Brook you ought to hear. So if you like the sounds, do take a look. At WUSB Stony and this is WUSB Stony Brook. The time is just about 6 o'clock. Time, once again, for the weekly Tuesday program entitled Off the Wall.
a very good evening to everybody. The program is off the wall. Emmanuel Goldstein over here, and Kyle is over there. Yes. How you I doing? Across. Yeah. Uh, another Tuesday is with us, uh, upon us, I guess. Um, and we have a lot to talk about, as we always seem to do. Inevitably. Yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, okay, well, you know what? Uh, Long Island is kind of um, the center of... Um, stupid stuff <laughs> lately unfortunately that seems to be um, uh, what we are and you know what we might as well embrace it and just kind of roll the punches because there's going to be plenty of punches from uh, from the rest of the world insofar as uh, mocking us and um, uh, basically calling us out for being uh, not the smartest bunch yeah like uh, heavily swindled so um, to speak. I don't know if we're swindled. I think we kind of earned it. Um, if you can earn being swindled. Okay, maybe that's a generous. Well, it's it's okay. Let's get right into it. Uh, George Santos. <laughs> that's Long Island, man. We did that. We made that happen. And the butt of jokes globally. <laughs> you know, I've been getting texts from people in Asia and and all over the <laughs> planet. You know, what's up with this, George? Send. Are you guys serious? What's wrong with you? Uh, you know, every week I have to justify to friends in different continents why certain things happen and how they can happen in the first place. And you know, I'm kind of running out of excuses. I think my answer is just going to have to be from now on, you know, we're just dumb, we're stupid, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Please, someone, someone, uh, uh, it, it's like a bunch of toddlers being left alone in, in, in an abandoned house. You know, eventually one of us is is going to electrocute ourselves or, or fall out a window or something. Well, we need help. We need adults in the room. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we we elected this George Santos idiot, or or God knows what his real name is. I just want to interject that yeah. the the uh, the dumbness. I I I think that's a little critical because if if you're not, hey, what part of me saying dumb sounded critical to you? Well, it was just. It seemed like a little bit of a coarse way to put it. I said it in a loving manner. Yeah. We're dumb. We're stupid. We're idiots. What's You take offense at that? Well, <laughs> I, if someone... I'll tell you, these times, If man, someone betrays your trust... You can't in, say anything. ...in conversation, and you are none the wiser, mm -hmm. is that your fault that they are transgressing... Your trust. Well, you see, you're moving way ahead of me. It's uh, a betrayal. My point is that we are none the wiser. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much my theme right here. None the wiser, dumb as a post, um, playing with half a deck, whatever phrase is, is good for you. Um, okay, so we, we, we created this George Santos monster. <laughs> um, and um, I'm not going to get into all the jokes, I'm not going to get into all the lies. There's not enough time for all the lies. My God. Um, the story today is that he is going to reject an invitation by the White House to be welcomed as a new representative. Now, you know, the White House can't really get around this. They have to invite all the freshman representatives. And he happens, to, at the moment at least, he happens to be one. But he is saying, no, not going to do it. Not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... He's the one who should be rejected. He shouldn't be rejecting anything or anybody. But he is. Uh, and this is a lead-in to, to a more idiocy. So that, that's, that's the reason I'm focusing on this. Uh, but um, uh, Representative George Santos, who represents Nassau and part of Queens, has declined an invitation to join other first-term lawmakers in a meeting Tuesday with President Joe Biden at the White House. Um, as I said, all congressional freshmen were invited to the event. Um, and... and, and uh, they're not saying uh, that they, uh, White House is not saying they, they excluded uh, Santos or wanted to exclude, they're, they're taking the high road on this. Um, but um, he basically um, uh, has, has, has turned down the opportunity. But what's interesting about this, he didn't say exactly why, um, but another representative, another freshman representative who represents us right here at Stony Brook, did explain why he's not going. And, yes, another idiot is born. I had hopes. I had hopes for Nick Velota. 
the replacement for Lee Zeldin, that um, he might actually have some integrity because he was calling for Santos to resign. Uh, but then I realized, you know, <laughs> who isn't calling for Santos to resign? I mean, there are a few, sure. Uh, McCarthy is, is, is certainly one of them. But um, it's a common thing to do right now. And the guy's already uh, in, in, in certain committees. Uh, he, he basically is doing what looks good, but not really effective. Anyway, Nick Lalota, uh our new congressman, um, said in a statement today that he had turned down the White House invitation out of protest for COVID-19 protocols the White House has kept in place for those attending events with the president. These are protocols that everybody who meets with the president, foreign leaders, uh, members of the media, etc., has to basically follow. These, um, these protocols are in effect in many places. We, we just went to a taping of a, of a TV show yesterday. We had to wear masks. You know, it's, it's, it's common still to this day. Because guess what, folks? COVID is still here. People are still dying. And those who, who pretend it's, it's not real or that it's not serious, you don't know anybody who has been affected by this. But I can tell you, millions of people have died. And there are lots of people still sick. Are we better off? Yes, I think we're better off than we were, thanks in large part to the vaccine, which these idiots also reject. So a lot of the reason why we're still in the bad shape we're in is because of that. But that's a whole other issue. Anyway, so yeah, so Nick Lodota is um, is uh, protesting the White House for daring to say that he has to uh, observe COVID-19 protocols. Uh, and this is what they are. Uh, guests who attend events at the White House must be tested for the virus beforehand and must attest to vaccination. How is that hard? What is objectionable about that? You know, a deadly contagious virus. Just tell us you don't have it. Tell us that you got the vaccination to keep you from getting it and spreading it to others. No, I can't do that. That's that's a violation of my rights. Oh, my God, we elected this? What's wrong with us? Long Island, what is wrong with you? Seriously. Is that what we have to rename the show to, Long Island? What is wrong with you? Because every week I feel like I have to say something. <sighs> anyway, uh, you know, it doesn't end there either, because uh, those who are unvaccinated, yeah, <laughs> White House is still talking to those people. Those who are unvaccinated have to follow masking and social distancing requirements. So, wow, you can be an anti-vaxxer and still be let into a White House event. But no, that's too much for Nick Bellota. Here's what he had to say. The time for arbitrary and unscientific pandemic protocols should be far behind us, and I am foregoing a historic trip to... It's an historic trip, you moron, but never mind. A historic trip to the White House to raise awareness of this punitive policy in hopes that President Biden will reverse it and other arbitrary, outdated, and unscientific restrictions across the federal system. Yeah, President Biden is going to be so hurt by Nick Lolota not showing up at the White House um, that he's going to reverse um, these policies. And what's with calling them unscientific? Scientists came up with the policy. Idiots like you and politicians and, and, and just... <sighs> Naysayers of every sort are the ones saying that, oh, the vaccine doesn't work. It causes sudden death and all sorts of people. And every single uh, bit of information that you can distort, you do. The science has been the science from the start. Has the science changed? Of course, because that's what science does. Unlike idiots who don't think or, or, or weigh new information, science is constantly evolving. We know so much more now than we did in 2020. We've changed various protocols. It's really easy to point to something that was wrong and say, see, this proves you didn't know anything. <laughs> and, and somehow use that to bolster your argument that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, Dr. Fauci doesn't know what he's talking about. He's part of some global conspiracy. For what exactly? To inject us with uh, mind control uh, 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 what uh, things that come with the injection that Bill Gates is somehow behind and that everybody is falling in, in, in step with and nobody is is, is leaking any information uh, and, and 
you have all these, you know, doctors of philosophy or whatever, unrelated medical fields, claiming that they know that this is all some kind of ruse. This is who you follow instead of people who know what they're talking about. And, you know, you can hate Dr. Felci. Fine, go ahead. So there are other doctors, there are other scientists, there are all kinds of people out there that are basically saying the same thing from all different parts of the world. And you're going to think all of them are part of some conspiracy. It is absurd. It is insane. And the thing that really gets me is every time somebody dies of something, you know, uh, um, or 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 uh, has uh, something like cardiac arrest, like like the uh, Buffalo Bills player had a few weeks ago, they say it's because of the vaccine, with no evidence whatsoever. They just say that because that bolsters their case. I've I, I've seen local stories where young people have died suddenly because young people unfortunately do die suddenly, and in this particular case, and I know this for a fact because I know some of the people involved, this kid died of a drug overdose. It was never made public. But if you look at every news story about this, it's because of the vaccine. It's because of the vaccine. These people simply add on to that. You have hundreds, thousands of posts on these these cancerous uh, uh, message boards that attach themselves to newspapers. And all of a sudden it becomes this real issue where they use this poor kid as as ammunition, as proof that the vaccine is dangerous with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. You see it every single day. Just look at the, the hashtag sudden death or died suddenly, whatever. This is, it's like a political thing. It's like a political strategy, but it's, it's insane because it's literally killing people. And for what reason? I can't figure this out because so many of the people who die are the people that believe this. And so you wind up with less people that believe the things that you're spouting. And if it is some kind of a political strategy, you, you generally you wind up with less voters, you know. And um, I don't know. I guess this is uh, what Darwin had in mind. This is um, the evolution of humanity. So we're witnessing that firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah. How, do you, how does that make you feel? Are you asking me? Because I can go on another 20 minutes about how it makes me feel. I'll say this. What the hell is wrong with you, Long Island? You elected Nick Lalota, another idiot, to replace Lee Zeldin, you know, uh, an anti-vaxxer, somebody who doesn't believe in science, somebody who doesn't believe in a woman's right to choose. You know, it's just insane. It's just insane. Santos, Lalota, where does it end? Where does it end? Liars. I say no. No to that. None of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's a fiasco of the, of their own making, and um, to no, we made it. Deny the people, it. no, we the individual people of this this island, this country, we make these nightmares. We give them the power. Why do we keep doing that? You know, we we had we had a mass shooting in in uh, California this weekend. Um, Eleven people died, and it was so popular. We had another one the next day. In California, and I think we had yet another one after that. Something like twenty plus people died in mass shootings in this weekend alone, just in California alone. It's an insane amount of mass shootings since the year began, and you know I could spend the show talking about that again, but what's the point? We never learn, we never progress. There's something wrong with us as a nation, as a culture, as a society. We just keep doing the same things and expecting things to turn out differently. And they never will. They never will. <laughs> you know, for some reason, it's, it's more important to control what kids read in libraries than giving them access to guns. I mean, we had a six-year-old shoot his teacher in Virginia a couple of weeks ago, they still haven't identified his parents, the people who basically let him have the gun. And I don't care what the excuse is. Well, we locked it up. We don't know how he got it. Well, because he did something wrong, that's how he got it. Because you don't know what you're doing because you made a bad choice of having both a gun and a kid in the same house. 
and you should be prosecuted for that. And for some reason, and I suspect they're, they're probably cops or something, their names have been kept out of the media completely. I've seen so many cases where somebody did something or so, some kid did something and their parents are immediately identified. Why not in this case? Or maybe in Virginia, it's completely legal for a six-year-old to walk around packing with a gun. <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know, but it keeps coming back to how stupid are we? <laughs> why are we so dumb? Why do we let this happen? And why can't we do what so many other countries, most other countries around the world have done and make rational restrictions, laws, policies to keep this from happening? You know, the kinds of guns that can, that can uh, wipe out an entire room of people in a matter of seconds... Unless there's an ongoing war, you don't need those. You shouldn't have those. And yet there are people who will argue with me on this. There is no argument. There is absolutely no... Look, if there's a war going on, I'll, I'll admit there might be an occasion where you're in a room full of people that aren't on your side and you have to gun them all down. Okay, fine. When the war starts, I'll help you find them. Yeah, promise. These... That's a promise from me. I'll help you find those guns to do that. Yeah, these... Do not make for a civil society. But, yeah, now, I, I like to think we're in a peaceful time, mostly. You don't need those. You should not have those. And even if you are, you know, the, the most noble person in the world who never makes a bad decision, never drinks too much, never says something they shouldn't say, never makes the wrong decision, even if you're that person, you having something like that puts you in a bad place. Because you could easily make your first mistake, or somebody could basically steal your gun, you know, find a way to get it. And where are you then? It's like, whoops, I didn't know that. I'll, I'll do better next time. No, this is what's been happening time and time again. You know, these people who, who, who look to the Constitution, you're looking in the wrong place. The Constitution was written hundreds of years ago. The world has changed a little bit since then. You know, they didn't have guns that fired bullets then. They had muskets. They had, you know, buckshot or whatever. I don't know a lot about guns. I, I'll admit that. But I do know they didn't have weaponry of any anything like. It was just shot. Yeah. It's, it's you know, basically the kind of thing that one person would use against one other Much person. Much more primitive. And the context has changed entirely. We live in more densely populated places. This is... Yeah. Um... Um, something we should take very seriously. We don't. And anyone who claims otherwise is either blind or lying. You know, you, you have to make this the number one priority. You have to get rid of these things. And I, the illegal ones and the legal ones. Another argument is, well, if you know, the legal people get rid of their guns, the Ill illegal guns will still exist. Yes, they will. They will. But if you look at so many of the mass shootings, you'll see how many of those guns were, quote-unquote, legal. So you're taking all those out of the equation. It takes effort to get an illegal gun. Sometimes that effort is enough to stop something tragic from happening. But you also focus on the illegal guns. You, know, you stop making it so damn easy to, to, to get them in the first place. You make the penalties for possessing one so high that people think twice. And when you do catch them, you get them off the street. The people and the guns. The, the thing is to stop making excuses, to realize that this is a world that we should not be living in. You know, my, my, my school years were not pleasant. I, I, I'm not going to pretend they were. It was, it was living hell sometimes with uh, bullies and, and, and uh, um, teachers that were just psychotic sometimes. Boy, I could tell you some stories. Right here locally, too, you know. Robert Cushman Murphy Junior High School, <laughs> Ward Melville, and Nassau Elementary School. Yeah, I just gave you all my whole school lineup here. But, uh, you know, good, it was good and bad. But one thing we didn't have was the fear of a mass shooter. In fact, if, if, if somebody had used the phrase mass shooting, nobody would know what it meant. And that's the way it should be. Kids should not have to deal with this. You know, they shouldn't have to be uh, in, a, in, a, in a place where they have active shooter drills. You know, the word lockdown... A five-year-old should not know what a lockdown is. And yet, today, well, that's just reality. Why? Why is that reality? It's because we made it reality. We chose to make it reality. 
You know, and, 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 and that is idiotic. Why did we have to make that reality? To protect the Constitution? Really? Well, the same Constitution was in effect when I went to school. And um, I don't think it was, it was hurting because we didn't have the ability to mow down an entire oratorium in a matter of seconds. So, yeah, it's idiotic. And I am just... I've lost patience. You know, we keep seeing the same people saying, yeah, we have to do something. And the other people saying, yeah, it's tragic, but what can we do? Over and over and over again. And everybody in between piling on and um, demonizing anybody for trying to to uh, adjust and transform anything about it to a future that has everyone's interests, it's, you know, at stake and, yeah, I agree with you on the penalties. I mean, the, the reason there is licensing and safety and and um, safe storage, all that kind of like training and stuff and documentation and um, like ownership and keeping records and stuff like that's part of uh, being able to enforce penalties if you're not. Properly registered, and there isn't a program like that in many parts of the world. It, it it can cost you your ability to ever have weapons again. In some you know some cases, mm-hmm. that should be the the level of like thoroughness. And it just it's um, very haphazard. It's all this um, you know uh, variation from state to state, and and then nationally, there's just sort of no. No, um, not enough will politically, and part of that I think is lobbying and and Absolutely, just yeah. these priorities. But the the tragedies themselves, I think, it just I think is I don't know I don't want to have to say it's all, like talk about it in economic terms or talk about it in in terms of anything other than it being tragic and um, backwards. Look, we 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 have to fight back in whatever ways we can. We have to stop being so timid about this. Look, people go on about states' rights, okay? So supposedly this is a states' rights issue. But then when they don't get their way, they call in the Supreme Court and get a bunch of backwards people thinking, you know, backwards thinking people on the Supreme Court who will who will basically uh, interpret the Constitution in a bizarre way that, that even Reagan would have a problem with and, and, and make it so that states' rights don't mean anything. You know, most recent being uh, the uh, concealed carry issue in New York, we had somewhat of a sane policy that now the Supreme Court is saying, "Oh no, you don't, you, you can't do that anymore." Uh, and 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 our our uh, elected officials um, were able to put forth new laws that basically would restrict carrying in sensitive areas. Times Square being a good example of that. You know, it's still terrible, but at least you know we're fighting back in some ways. And now you have all the pro-gun people filing what they call emergency briefs because it's an emergency that they have to be able to carry their concealed weapon in Times Square now, right now. That is the, the, the insanity that we are dealing with, that there are people so eager to do that, that they're, they're, they're running to court, trying to get um, um, uh, laws that have been in place for over 100 years overturned so that they can, can, can live their fantasies and carry all kinds of deadly weapons in public places. It's sickness. We have to stop this. We have to stop treating these people as if they have valid opinions when they don't. And look to the rest of the world where they have basically passed all kinds of ordinances. Look at England, look at Australia, look at Canada, all, and, you know, so many other countries. And it works. There are even countries that have lots of weapons. But the mentality is different. The restrictions are different. They don't have these problems. We are choosing this. And every time you see a mass shooting, you tell yourself, we voted for that. That's what we want. We want Sandy Hook. We want Columbine. You know, we want all these things because that protects our Constitution and our warped, distorted minds. It's necessary. Yeah. That's our country right now. And until we start realizing that, until we start saying that and repeating that, nothing's going to change. We're going to have a mass shooting. Okay, that's terrible. Wow, we get to do something. Hey, look, sports. And and then, you know, a week later, same thing happens. We totally forget about what happened the previous week. 
This has been going on now for, for decades, and only for decades, not for centuries, you know, not for longer than 50 years. This is fairly recent. So we need to treat it as something fairly recent that has started to attack us, attack our way of life. This is a threat to everything. Yeah, and these groups, uh, they're, they're in it basically to... Uh, be contrarian and admire this, and they're finding appellate and uh, different courts and getting appeals processes to slow this down. And that's that's where the fight is, mm-hmm. realistically. If if um, we're to to get on the level of of where the support is, the money, so forth. Uh, so to that end, it's it's uh, it's an irresponsible setup, and the interests with the proliferation of all this stuff, they're they're at an advantage at the outset. But that just means people need to realize where to meet them with um, with more responsible um, ideas and and um, less of this like crass. Stupidity, yeah, and and um, um, everyone for themselves attitude. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much where we are right now, where people don't um, uh, don't care about anybody else. Yeah, and those challenges are, are just really unfair. But I don't I don't think they're as organized as uh, as uh, as we think, and hopefully there there's. Um, an effort to to well, just deconstruct I, what's, I know, going, what's being thrown at the courses. I know we're not as organized as as we should be. We absolutely are not. We're too timid. We, we're too afraid of saying the wrong thing or offending somebody. And um, I've had enough. I really have. Just the logic that is being used to defend this kind of carnage on a daily basis is just it's 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 just too much. Look. <laughs> they keep pointing to the Constitution. You know what they had back in um, in the 1700s? They had in the 1300s, I believe, cannons. They had cannons. Yeah, you know, cannons are, are they they cause damage. They're they're weaponry. You know, they're arms. They're defensive uh, tools. I am not allowed to have a cannon on my front lawn. Did you know that? Did you know I cannot just install a cannon on my front lawn to defend my home against whatever onslaught I fear might be coming. So explain that to me. Why can't I have a cannon? I can't even have a tank, apparently. Yeah, try licensing a tank at DMV. You know, that was a good 90 minutes wasted. It's ridiculous. You can't get certain things because there are rules. And and we don't object to this. Even though, by the very logic that is being used to... Um, um, to defend owning weapons that normal humans should not have access to. This is something that's okay. Not having tanks, not having um, cannons. We can live with that. We can live with this too. It takes a little bit of adjustment, I know, but there are good things that will come out of it. Like kids who don't know what lockdowns are. You know, entire classes not living in fear. It's wasting so much learning time if you really think about all we that. We had fire drills. We had earthquake drills. Okay, you had. To, we we opted not to have that, but we did have civil defense drills uh, before my time. They were stupid. People had to hide under their desks if that was going to help from a nuclear blast. Uh, but um, you know, schools should be somewhat innocent. Somewhat. I mean, I know there's still all kinds of bad things that happen, and and those bad things still happen. But when you allow guns, and you are allowing guns to infiltrate everywhere, you create a hell that um, there really is no recovery from. Because, you know, you think these kids who are going through lockdown drills, you think when they grow up, they're going to be any less afraid. You know, it's the the, the kind of people that we are are producing are going to have this sickness attached to them, this trauma. And um, we don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. I, I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. I don't understand the, the, the fierce allegiance people have to weapons of death you know, that they have to have in their possession at all times. It's a sickness.
It really I, is. I think you're um, hitting on something, too, with the um, idea that young people know about this, because I think of all the things we're teaching, you know, there's a lot of, you know, young uh, uh, student and ele- elementary, primary school um, kids can get fixated on stuff. And I think that it's it's sort of can become an echo chamber, maybe, and it's it's short circuiting a lot of people, either causing that kind of mm-hmm. gripping fear of of social uh, stuff, which which is already uh, something a feature of of growing up and and so forth and learning and so forth. So for them, um, you know, other students, it might be. Um, creating or or um feeding this app an appetite for for violence and more weapons in in certain age groups or demographics and we can't deny that you know like uh uh males or or um white kids you know we can't be afraid to say that stuff mm-hmm. yeah you know arms races develop and all kinds of uh, habits are established where People believe this is normal, this is what should happen, this is what you have to do. And you can turn that bus around and go in a different direction. And, you know, I've heard so many times, we can't possibly make this change, we can't possibly do this, it's too much work. And yet, I've seen it happen. You know, the the change to Celsius that took place in many countries, not ours, because for some reason we can't get our heads around that, but... um, uh, when the uh, European Union uh, developed the euro and everybody had to change their currency literally overnight. That was hard, but they did it. How about recycling here in this country? We did that. You know, there are people who still can't really get it, but we, 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 we went to a different place. You know, we accomplished something. Smoking. Remember, smoking used to be everywhere. Everywhere. Restaurants, bars, trains. <laughs> everywhere. And now... A lot fewer places. The norm is no smoking. Not smoking. And if you tell somebody today, yeah, it used to be like that, they won't believe you. But that was only a couple of decades ago. You know, hand a rotary phone to a child, see what they can make of it. They can't figure out how to dial the thing, because they've never seen one before. You know, things change relatively quickly. Things that we believe are always going to be there can evaporate really quickly with just a few habits changed. It's not difficult. What's difficult is getting past your own fears and 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 the habits that um, you believe are ingrained in us as human beings. They're not. They're not. We, we make decisions, we decide to go a different way, and then that becomes the habit. And oftentimes, we make good decisions. And I want this to be one of them. Really do. Yeah, just using weapons to, to deal with, with your grievances and, and difficulties or um, uh, political dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. It's not the way. It's, it's so damaging to society. Unless you're in a war, you know. Okay, let's look at Ukraine. Now... That's a situation where I believe people should have access to weapons, and there's a lot going on that is enabling that to occur. And I think that's a good thing, because you have to fight back against bullies, against invaders. Right now, there's there's talk of sending tanks, and countries are squabbling amongst themselves, who's sending what kind of a tank, but the consensus seems to be that, yeah, you know, we have to send them something so that they can defend themselves. And it's weird, you know, it's weird seeing how people here deal with this. Because, you know, walking around the East Village the other day, seeing Ukrainian flags in windows everywhere, in residences and businesses, it's a Ukrainian area, used to be a heavily Ukrainian area of New York City. Uh, But you notice this throughout, you notice this in many, many places, people showing support because... We identify. We identify with the underdog. And we don't like bullies. We don't like invaders. Even though we do a fair amount of invading ourselves. But 
you, you get my meaning. You know, it's basically when individuals are asked, they're going to side with the people who are the victims. And I'm proud of that, proud of the fact that we can do that. It gets weird when you start talking to those outliers, the people who um, um, have a different view, but it's kind of a bizarre view. For instance, uh, uh, right-wingers who for some reason are cozying up to Vladimir Putin and supporting him rather than than, than uh, Zelensky and, 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 and the uh, Ukrainians. And then you see the same conclusions being reached by people on the far left. A lot of socialists, real socialists. I mean, you know, Republicans call anybody who's a Democrat a socialist now. So that kind of uh, makes it hard to define what a socialist is. I mean, uh, socialists that are to the left of Bernie Sanders, okay? Maybe people you've never even encountered before, but they exist. There's many people like this, and and they believe, and I was just reading this today, in fact, they believe that Ukraine is the aggressor, (laughs) and that they basically uh, brought all this on themselves by daring to amass their troops on the border with the part of Ukraine that Russia had already invaded in 2014. I'm not making this up. Yeah, Russia invaded part of of Ukraine in 2014, and the remaining part of Ukraine moved its troops close to the border of what was still their country, and they're the ones being blamed for provoking Russia into invading the rest of the country. I mean, you have to really be an Olympian as far as logic twists to, to, to get there. That's so stupid because, like, they were, they're, they're trenches, they dug trenches. They're, mm-hmm. They were dug in at their border. Why? Because they're shooting at you, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's what you do. You create your trenches in that situation. It was like that. Mm-hmm. This was the little green men, the uh, unmarked, you know, breaking... Laws of of uh, you know displaying what country exactly is coming in and, and uh, shooting at you. Of course they're going to dig trenches. You shoot back. That's it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's twisted around it's like you so, said. It's, it's so twisted. It's so cynical and, and oh, it gets better though. It gets not, better. It, not as funny as it should. You go back to 2014. Yeah. Okay, when um, uh, what was his name? Yanukovych was uh-huh. uh, was thrown out. Uh, and, and they refer to that as a U.S.-led coup against the legitimately elected leader. Uh, um, I already forgot his name. Uh, you, I just said his name. Yukashenko. Yukash- is, is that right? There's Lukashenko. And no, it's, it begins with a Y. Yushenko. It begins with a Y. Yushenko. Well, we're ignorant. We really are ignorant. <sighs> but, yeah, so they threw him out. Yanukovych. Didn't I just say Yanukovych? Was it? Now, there's three of them. Uh, There's too many names. The point is, um, the guy that uh, had Timoshenko, remember her, Timoshenko, Princess Leia with the hair? Yeah. uh, She was um, uh, imprisoned um, because she was his opponent back when he was running for president, um, however many years ago that was. So she was in prison. He was the leader. uh, And then he suddenly turned away from from, uh, getting closer to the European Union and turned to getting closer to, to, to Russia instead, to the great consternation of the people that he was leading. And that is when, I believe it's called the, the uh, Dignity Revolution, or the War of Dignity, or something like that. Uh, that's when that happened, in early 2014. He was driven from power by the people. There were massacres of people uh, who were demonstrating against him, but they won. They drove him out. He fled to Russia. These are all facts. And then, right after that, as penalty for daring to do this, Russia invaded eastern Ukraine. Russia invaded Crimea. And that's the history. I mean, there's so much more to it than that. But I just cannot get people who say Russia is the victim here. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you say that? You, you, you make up some fantasy that Ukraine is being run by Nazis and that's what the Russian people are being led to believe. But 
when it comes to showing actual evidence, well, you might be able to point to some nasty people. You might be able to point to some white supremacists someplace that were basically taking the same side. Okay, there's bad people. But the country being run by them? No. As far from the truth as you can imagine. So it's just a, it's an indication of how crazy uh, any situation can be portrayed. If you basically say, oh yeah, everyone's view is the same. Everyone has an equal uh, you know, opportunity to put forth whatever facts they believe to be true. Sure, listen to all the facts, but weigh the facts. Reach conclusions, and not just follow people because they're the people you agree with on everything else. <sighs> all right, wait, wait, diving into the whole Ukrainian war now, Kyle? You're on Wikipedia, I see. You're trying to find out the guy's name, right? Yeah, Yan- it, I think it's, it's Yanukovych. Okay, Yulia Timoshenko. Timoshenko, she was in prison. It's was- Victor Yanukovych. Yanukovych, that's the, that's the guy that fled to Russia, right? Former politician, served as a Yeah, he was president. removed. I see it right there. He was removed there from office, is. Revolution of Dignity in, in 2014. 20, yeah, that's all we need to know. Served in 2010. Yeah. Okay, um, you listen to Off the Wall here on WUSB. Write to us, otw at 2600.com if something we said particularly enrages you or if you... Even agree with us, it's fine to um, tell us that as well. Did you hear the news today? They found classified documents in Pence's house. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, you know, this is interesting. For the last few weeks, we've been following the fact that um, uh, Joe Biden has been finding classified documents all over his house uh, and um, office, I believe. And I suspected, you know, at the time, you know, this, if you searched everybody in Congress, I bet you would find a whole bunch of classified documents if you searched through all their their uh, properties. It's well, probably it's this is really good. Generally, I mean, people should declutter and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that's ready to be shredded or, or you know, saved uh, in a safer place. Just let go of it. You right. know, let it. Look, this is what his lawyer said. Pence's lawyer said the records appear to be a small number of documents bearing classified markings that were inadvertently boxed and transported to the personal home of the former vice president at the end of the last administration. Or was that Biden's lawyer who said that? Hmm, I don't know. I'll leave that that for an exercise for the listener. But the point is, the situation is exactly the same. (laughs) Exactly the same. Now I don't know who you're talking about. And thank you. And, And that's all I wanted. And also, you know, if, if you if you compare that to Trump, it's completely different because Trump knew he had these documents and he refused to give them up and he lied about them. And that is the difference. That's what we've been saying over the past few weeks. This um, revelation at Pence's house pretty much backs that up. And if you continue searching, you'll find more. I would I would believe that for, you know, search Zeldin's house. Why don't you do that? He's out of Congress. Now. I'll bet he has some classified documents. You know, I'm sorry to keep coming back to or him. Or a box of paper clips. Because Lee Zeldin is out of power now and out of our hair, but read a disturbing article a few days ago. Uh, you know, our, um, our uh, accounting executive, Steve Ballone, um, great guy. You know, you never know what side uh, of the aisle he's on because he doesn't make that an issue. But he's a Democrat and, uh, you know, a, a sane, rational person. It's all you could ever want in a politician. But his term runs out this year. And guess who is being floated as his replacement from the Republicans? That's right, Lee Zeldin. Can you imagine having a white supremacist as our county executive? I can. I can, because if you go back to the beginning of the show, we're stupid. We're dumb. We're idiots. We keep electing people who are bad people. And Long Island is the laughingstock of the world as a result of that. So, yeah, we could easily make Lee Zeldin our county executive. No, we couldn't. It won't be easy. No, look, there's a lot of pests, and we gotta get this uh, uh, bunch that is uh, undeserving of these offices out of here, so that people's interests are 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 realized instead of their like crass political maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. Get a hobby. Well, that's that's what I suggested earlier on Twitter. I I, I suggested you get a life. Maybe Santos is hiring or something. I don't know, but the point is, this is how this is how we 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 keep him away from from ruining the county. It's it's a step down, okay? You know, you're a representative to the U.S. you know House of Representatives, and to become a county executive after that, what an embarrassment! What a step down! And no offense to Steve Ballone, because you know, 
obviously I don't mean this, but <laughs> he basically uh, needs to be told that you should, you know, shoot for more because you just ran for governor. Maybe you should run for um, uh, for for senator or you know. Um, President, go go for yeah, run for president. Run it. Okay, you could be okay. Here's a here here's an example of what I'm talking about. He could be Trump's vice president. Yeah, Trump Zeldin. I can't believe I'm suggesting this, but they're basically the same person, you know. So why not? Why not? I don't know. You get all the right wing crazies around here to vote for him that way. Although they will vote for you know Trump if he's you know running with a garbage can. It doesn't matter. They're going to vote for him no matter what. So. I don't know. If you keep him from being elected to something where he could do real damage, I think that's a way. I thought Trump dropped out, though. <laughs> what kinds of dreams have you been having? Good ones. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Yeah, I... Zeldin Trump? Trump dropped out. Oh, Zeldin's going to run for president. That's good. That's a good one. Well, he's not going to run against Trump, but he could run as his vice president. Trump Zeldin. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Just not Zeldin... Suffolk County executive. That would be, that would be a nightmare. That would be such a nightmare. Yeah, you got to go in and like get get a zoning change. And we would have so many there. more dead people as a result of COVID, you know, because he wouldn't have believed in it. Whereas um, uh, Steve Ballone did and took all kinds of precautions and and was a voice of sanity. As were many voices of sanity, both uh, Democrat and Republican, in many parts of the country during that period. Now. Wow. Seeing the transition, seeing how people are, are basically saying, oh boy, I, it didn't really happen. It's revisionism. We hear about it in other countries. It happens here too. Um, okay, um, speaking of revisionism, the Long Island Railroad is trying to put on a good face here. Uh, they are claiming now that they're going to be opening Grand Central Madison this coming Tomorrow. Don't toy with no, me. No, this the tomorrow. <laughs> I, just I was going to say this, this is coming this. Wednesday. I realize tomorrow is Wednesday. So, oh, yeah, LIRR running its first passenger trains to its new Manhattan home, Grand Central Madison, Wednesday morning, the opening of the 700,000-square-foot station, um, which was announced last night, will mark the culmination of nearly six decades of planning as well as more than 15 years of construction of the $11.1 billion Eastside Access Mega Project. The first train, for those of you interested, um, is scheduled to originate at Jamaica. Yeah, that's where you have to get on the train. Jamaica at 10.45 a.m. And it'll run express to Grand Central Madison and scheduled to arrive there at 11.07 a.m. So that's a 22-minute um, trip. Uh, service will commence with the what they're calling the Grand Central Direct. It's a shuttle that will operate between uh, Grand Central Madison and Jamaica. Uh, here's what I don't get. The uh, officials say trains will run every 30 minutes during middays and weekends, and during peak hours every 60 minutes. So you're running less trains during peak hours than during off-peak hours. Doesn't that kind of defeat the whole purpose of having this, you know, for supposedly for commuters so that they can get to the east side quicker? So, you know, more trains, not less. Don't get that. I think they're going to ramp it up after, like, a trial period. To a higher frequency. I, I don't get what the trial is. You know how to drive trains. There's the track. Go to the station. What's the trial? It's they just don't want to put all this huge volume with uh, people that are unfamiliar. Maybe they're getting all the engineers up to speed, and, and, and everybody has to learn the new routes and how to how the signals work or something. And and yeah, they got to see what the traffic flow is like. Make sure that nothing breaks. Yeah, that's another thing though. <laughs> Getting familiar with it. They say they're going to have customer service ambassadors at Grand Central to help direct riders. What do you need to help direct riders for? You think people are going to get off the train and say, oh, my God, where am I? I just landed out of somewhere, and I have no idea where I am. If there's good signs, you well, don't New have. Yorkers know where Grand Central Station is. <laughs> it's not like they're, they're just being born or something. Come on. You don't need ambassadors for this. Just run the damn trains and run them frequently. You know, I saw... A proposed schedule, and I don't get this at all, uh, that showed when they actually have trains going to Grand Central Madison from places other than Jamaica, you know, basically revising the entire schedules that some trains go to Penn Station, some trains go to Grand Central, but somehow we had one less train coming out to, to the Stony Brook area uh, in the evening time. I couldn't figure out for the life of me, why would we have less trains instead of more trains? So clearly there's a lot here that... Um, 
has yet to be explained. Those ride times sound nice, though, just getting in and out from, from there. Yeah, but right now you have to get on in Jamaica, so that's, that's you know. Not for long. It's all changing. I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, speaking of which, um, more dispensaries are opening. Another dispensary in New York City will be opening on February 14th by Union Square, which is Woo-hoo. a good thing. It's weird. You see signs everywhere in the city for dispensaries, but they're not legal. <laughs> there's, there's only one that's open now legally, and a second one is about to open. And I'm hoping that if we can get out of our own way here on Long Island, uh, that they'll start opening here as well. Because once they're open, people see how, how professional, how smooth things are, uh, how um, uh, it, it does not lead to all the things people are afraid of. But you have to get to that point where you actually open the things in the first place, and we've been waiting years. Yeah, the one or two locations can't bear it entirely. Um, places growing and further up with, like, the distribution and packaging and all of that, they're looking for places, outlets to distribute it to people to to mm-hmm. have retail clientele and all of the promise and revenue that the tax revenue and other, other virtues of this to really come through. So, um, yeah, you don't run into uh, items being out, you know, uh, also places that are making um, edible things that, that is ramping up, you know, they have to get commercial kitchens and so forth. So it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. And having formal places, you have a lot less of these places that are kind of listed as a, a recreational place but they don't really have anything because they can't, and it's mm-hmm. mostly just like rolling papers and apparatus and so forth. It, it's it's great that you see there's this this hope for a great hope for the industry, but yeah, it's it's get busy, you know, time. They gotta um, get this out to people so they can get back to their lives and get cooking uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, be with their families and and get to get back to work. Times are changing. And sometimes they're changing for the better. And when they're not, we have to do something about them. And that's what I hope people don't lose faith in, don't lose hope in. And um, there's a lot of idiocy, stupidity out there, but we can overcome it. We just have to identify it and be firm in our convictions. And I believe in so many people that I hear from all the time. We just have to believe in our eventual success. And uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll wind up in a good place as a result. That's um, going to pretty much do it for us here tonight. Write to us, otw at 2600.com. So long. Bye.
Yeah, who am I? Who am I to argue with uh, a show that ends on a Clash song? I'll tell you that. Uh, Guns on the Roof right there. And you're listening to WUSB Stony Brook. 